0: Welcome to episode 6 of What's Your Jam? Conversations about what makes us happy and drives us over a cup of tea and a jam scone. My sixth guest for this show is a wonderful person called Ren Lunica. And they are a performer who's doing a show in Fringe. The show is called Z, Queer as Fuck. Uh, And we'll talk about Z and Zer in a moment. And also talk about Zer because uh, that's what we'll be doing. Uh, Ren was really great. Uh, we had a great chat, um, really interesting stuff. I find all sorts of, uh, uh, their show is all about sort of gender identity and and kinkiness and queerness and, and pride and there's a whole lot going on there and I always find that whenever I get into conversations like that... Um, There's always a little voice in the back of my mind being like, you might get this wrong and I might get stuff wrong. But, um, also just generally want to make a note that anyone listening, if you ever hear anything on one of these podcasts that makes you just go, Hmm, that doesn't sit right with me. Or, uh, I don't know that Jen or that speaker has all the information about that topic they're talking about. I would really love to hear from you. Very open to being corrected, uh, having knowledge added to, and to, you know, publishing corrections if I need to as well. Um, uh, that's just sort of a general blanket statement about the whole dang show. So um, hopefully that is cool with you. Anyway, uh, we're going to rock into this episode. We had a really great chat, drank some yum tea, as we keep doing. Um, yeah, have a lovely listen. Cheers.
1: Yeah, I think I think I'm just a hedonist, really. Quite simply, like anything with sensual sensuality is often sort of compartmentalized as this having to do with sexuality Mm -hmm. but a true sensualist i think loves all sorts of ways of exploring their senses their Mm -hmm. nose and smells and tastes and touches and just everything what am i missing eyes visually everything
0: sound yeah yeah there's the five senses but there's actually more senses than that yeah yeah we just sort of we've we've, um we picked five and went these are them
1: (laughs) (laughs) it was our way of of having it make sense to us yeah Mm -hmm. everything we know about our brains and our ability to take in sense it's um it wouldn't surprise me at all if in the next hundred years we go oh actually this intuition thing for example Mm -hmm. that's actually we can
0: quantify that now yeah well Mm. there's even things like a sense of time and a sense of balance rhythms and all that yeah uh but thank you. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you. Thank, thank you for having you, me. Thank you. Now uh I've seen various names. Yes. So uh we you introduced yourself as Rin. Correct. And on your on the programming, because I was just looking at your website, it says Michelle and Ryan as well. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of names floating around you. What do you prefer? <laughs> what's your what's your name?
1: Um Yes. <laughs> it's <this laughs> no. a, a
0: big question, I know. It's, but... it's
1: it's not it's not actually that complicated. Oh, it's good. just that um my Michelle slash Ryan, the slash being an important part of that, is Mm -hmm. my presenter name. Right. It's like a company name. Uh, So uh, that does get confusing for some people. So like my new website, once it's done in April, hopefully Mm -hmm. we'll say Michelle Ryan Arts with the slash. So where I got that from, and it says, so on my Facebook is Michelle is my first birth name. Mm -hmm. And Ryan is the name my mother told me that she would have named me had I been assigned male. Uh, so it's a way of honoring and acknowledging my, my, myself as a slash as in between in some way, this masculine and feminine self Mm -hmm. or this male and female self, or this woman and man self, depending on what terminology we're going to use. Yeah.
0: What binary you want to. Yeah. 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 But
1: it's, but it's a way of acknowledging that we live in a binary world in all kinds of ways, not just gender, uh, Mm -hmm. but everything is defined by some sort of. Corollary or opposite, uh, and I explore that a lot in nearly everything I do artistically, so that's, that's why I chose that as a name. So you can call me Ren, people can call me Ren in person, yeah. uh, but I almost always put presented by Michelle slash Ryan because right. uh, that's how I'm producing myself as a performer mm. in the
0: world right now. Yeah, and that's how you and that's presented in your show, which is called Z,
1: yes, Z, Z. queer ass bleep. You
0: can swear, I'll let you Oh, know. cool,
1: yeah, fuck yeah. no, sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Four times, and I really love it each time. I just have to basically, I just have to hit a button that says yeah. explicit,
1: yes. and we're good. Awesome. <laughs> well, if, if people don't can handle explicit content, then they they shouldn't come to the show yeah. anyway. Because while well, there's a lot of um, humor and um, playfulness mm-hmm. and light-heartedness in some areas, there's also a lot of um, uh, depth. Oh yeah, thank it's you. Right. I just
0: realized it was sagging. Yeah, <laughs>
1: there's a lot of depth there. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of depth, and there's a lot of. Uh, variety mm-hmm. I th- I think I cover most of the emotional range that, <laughs> that all, can all be covered five, all five emotions all yeah. five emotions <laughs> in one hour you're yeah. right
0: great. and because uh, the other thing I was going to ask you is that I I have only ever seen z and z mm-hmm. written down and now I question that I'm pronouncing it right yeah yeah that's you're right doing just fine. it's z and z yeah great that's great because you know how there's that thing you know, you see words only ever written down and then you got to say them out loud and you go oh
1: I don't know, right? I don't know how this sounds, and we should tell people who are listening what Ziza means. Ziza are pronouns, correct?
0: Yes, which are for people who do not identify with uh, explicitly he or she. Basically, you're looking at me with a questioning. Thing, I am but you're because the, I'm like I'm like, the very I'm first it's...
1: person who, in front of me, yeah. was able to recite what that was. Thank you, Tumblr. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> which is another thing around my show because a lot of a lot of people comment like this only exists on Tumblr and. And the more I do the show and the more audiences I have, the more I realize either that's not true or mm-hmm. Tumblr has become the matrix that we live in. So, you Tumblr know. Tumblr is amazing.
0: I think, because I've been on Tumblr for like six years or something ridiculous like that, and it has informed so much of my, uh, of my feminism and my just sense of the world and intersectionality, like just the amount of stuff that's come through there that I just don't see on other mediums or that when it goes up on other mediums um uh people uh, you know you end up with a shit fight on in the com- either the comments or the tweets or whatever it is it's awful but tumblr i just see it and i'm like thank you that was good to yeah. read move on people will read on tumblr and then they'll have reactionary videos on youtube oh great
1: <laughs> i'm actually not on tumblr everyone tells me you like how can you not be on tumblr that's like the place for you and i think um part of who I am is just always been, uh, to, to be in the space where either I'm the only one or to be reaching out to Mm. the
0: unconverted in a way, you know,
1: um,
0: intentionally, or you've just found yourself there.
1: I think I've just found myself there, but it's, it's become so much a part of my regular experience that Mm. it's almost
0: more comfortable in a way. It feels weird to be surrounded by people who are like, yeah, yeah, no, we got it. Yeah, You're yeah. Like, what? Oh. I don't know. Maybe it's the fact
1: that um, I had such an unusual upbringing. That's my next question for you. Yeah, who about that? Um, so I was raised. I was raised. Uh, saying I was raised. Are we ever done being raised? It's a complicated question to answer <laughs> where I'm from because mm-hmm. I was born in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, But I didn't have a lot of exposure to the secular world. Mm -hmm. Uh, I went to all Christian schools and all of my social environment. Everything Mm -hmm. was surrounded by very evangelical Christians. Mm -hmm. Uh, The only interaction I really had with people that were non-Christians consciously uh, was when we were trying to do some sort of a mission work sort of thing. Um, So I didn't really understand that there are people that believed other things that were normal people <laughs> yeah. or that there were other ways to think about the world, uh, that other people find as normal as the way I was raised. Mm-hmm. So that part happened in the U S even though my folks, um, my folks are very American. Um, although they're children of immigrants or children of children of immigrants, and there's some connection there to Europe in that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when I was 18, I went to a university in Canada, BC, mm-hmm. And because I hadn't had that exposure to the secular world, there was a lot of my personality and identity development that was sort of arrested. Right. And then when I got there, mm-hmm. suddenly I wasn't just limited to this tiny little yeah. social environment. I did go to a religious university, mm-hmm. but, but I had this whole independence thing that happens to 18-year-olds who start going to uni and were very sheltered before, which was like, let's go explore the world and I explored it from the vantage point of Canada and Canada, you know, sort of softened some things about me that were harsh. And it also, um, gave me an initial way to see the world in some Mm -hmm. regards. Um, same sex marriage was legalized when I was there. Uh Uh, and, Politically, I started to see the United States, I was developed a political identity. The age I started to vote, I was in Canada. Mm-hmm. So I developed a political identity in many ways in Canada, right. which is very different than developing it in the United States. Really different. Very different. So so there were these things, that, those are just two examples of a number of things that happened to me that developed my identity around being Canadian, mm-hmm. even though I don't, I'm not actually a Canadian citizen. It's funny because it says that I am in the thing and I do say I'm international and a lot of my people who work on the show are either Canadian, Australian, um, my director's Kiwi. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think if I've got any U.S. people that work on the show besides the fact that I hold a U.S. passport. And I don't think I do, but they do. I do have supporters who help support me in my work there. International so International really does fit. There. So international, I've lived in four different countries now, mm-hmm. um, U.S., Canada, and then Australia just for a year. And then I've lived here in New Zealand for a few years. And
0: Whereabouts in Australia were you?
1: Uh, mostly Sydney. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And where are you now in New Zealand? Whangarei. Whangarei? Yes. <laughs> right up North. That's where Whangarei is, right? Northland. Yeah, yeah. Northland. Amazing. Amazing. And so have you performed a lot in Auckland? Is that mostly where you perform and work or?
1: I, I perform, I always start everything in Whangarei. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I built awesome. the show in Whangarei. My, um, yeah. my director and I built it there and mm-hmm. I'll be taking it to Auckland next week as part of the Auckland Pride Festival. Right as well as Auckland Fringe.
0: Right. And I see. The, I was, uh, was looking at your website yep. and I see you've actually also toured this work around various yep. other fringes. Yes. Which is awesome. Yep. I, I really liked the award that was like most best awkward silence. Yeah.
1: Best use of awkward silence. Yeah. It was a comedy award. And, and even funnier, I usually do not go to award ceremonies. Right. Um, because I don't expect to win anything and I find that I'm, it gets to be a bit pretentious and it doesn't necessarily say very much about the quality of the art sometimes mm. uh, I've gone to many shows at Fringes that didn't do well commercially that I thought were absolutely amazing and and mm. should have more acknowledgement so um, so I don't always go to the award ceremonies and then I got this award f- for best use of awkward silence which was then immediately followed by an awkward silence because I wasn't there <laughs> <laughs> that's correct yeah and so I had to go collect my award later and it was a it was a fun cute little trophy they'd invented for me and but it was nice to have that acknowledgement Mm. and the acknowledgement that I'd taken awkwardness which is something I think is um is just a regular part of my life I'm constantly making people awkward around my gender around my sexuality and it it either it's one of those moments that can become a bonding moment or a separation moment <laughs> it yeah, either goes one yeah. way or the other it's an yeah. intensity right it's like it's almost like when you drop that little bit of personal information yeah. uh, about yourself when you're sort of upping the ante are we gonna be that kind of friend or I tell you these things oh. about what's going on with me you know yeah. and and then people will respond in kind and it, it kind of sets the pace for the future of your relationship yeah. my show is a whole series of those. The only way I get away with it is by the convention of theatre where people have agreed to sit down yeah. and hear me out for 60 minutes. They've paid
0: some money. They've yeah. they've, they've bought into the contract. Right. They're like, I'm here to see what it is you're going to do. There's and- no way I'd get away with what I
1: get away with in real life like I do in theatre. I feel like that's a lot happen. of theatre, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's really one of the best conventions in the world for... <laughs> for people, for weirdos like me <laughs> to, to have some kind of, some kind of social interaction where, where even if people check out after 30 seconds, they're still going to be sitting there long enough to maybe tune back in another minute and a half later.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And comedy it definitely is mm. so key to that. I think it, it's really to my holding
0: their attention or to not to just holding their
1: attention. Cause I kind of do that with shock value a little bit, but, um, <laughs> but it, it's one of the ways that regardless of our backgrounds and where we come from and how we identify, Mm -hmm. if we can disarm each other through comedy, Mm -hmm. we listen.
0: Yeah.
1: And I, and it's like this, it's like medicine disguised as candy. Mm. And I think it's, especially in the world we're in right now, politically with everything that's going on with the U S and I mean, and it's not just the U S there is a kind of icky backwash, you know, you know, the U S mm-hmm. has taken a giant swig and spit in the glass and now the rest of the countries are taking their little sip too. And, yeah. um, and laughter might, you know, we're sort of fatigued from empathy, yeah. you know, we're sort of fatigued, it's exhausting. Yeah. We're sort of fatigued from shock, although we love it. It's sort of a drug of choice these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you can make people laugh, then, then it both gets, some good uh, information across mm. and it makes, it gives people more energy. Like people get some lightness. Mm. So it's really fun trying to uh, make things that people don't think are funny, funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and appealing. There's a
0: lot of work around that, right? Cause we were yeah. talking before we started recording, we yeah. were we starting to have a wee chat about like political correctness and comedy and like yeah. who's allowed to make what jokes and what, what we laugh at and, and the context Right. Like, like what, do you have more thoughts on that? Um, you know, it's something that I think about
1: a lot mm-hmm. and I find that there's a, I talk to a lot of other people in other types of minorities about mm-hmm. comedy around minority mm-hmm. issues because minority issues is sort of the low hanging fruit for the mainstream comedians right now, you know, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of them are um, the ones. Some of the ones that are really great feel really discouraged by the fact that they can't make fun of these communities, that they can't find mm-hmm. us silly. I'm I'm sort of okay with being found to be silly. That can work to my advantage sometimes, as long mm-hmm. as there's some sort of relationship with me or a relationship to people in my community that suggests mm-hmm. that they get it, that they get the impact, and yeah. that they've they've done some homework and some mm-hmm. research. Yeah, and that just is a matter of whether you're doing a cheap laugh or whether you're going to go for like something that's, um, that's deeper. And I like to think that people, people can tell the difference, mm-hmm. but it depends on the audience. So, I mean, if you've got an audience, that's not invested in a community either, mm-hmm. then, then they're going to take the cheap laughs. If that's mm-hmm. what you want as an audience, you know, go for it. Mm-hmm. I, I rarely get those people, you know, mm-hmm. I get the people who are like in you know, a minority in some other way. Um, And I think there's a lot of cross pollination, but whether it's because you're an immigrant or you're a person of color or you're a gender minority or a sexual minority Mm -hmm. or even a religious minority, I already check a lot of those boxes Mm -hmm. myself. So Mm -hmm. I'll get those people who want to see themselves represented and need some levity in a world that's already kind of difficult for them. Right. Yeah. And then I'll get like your majority person in there and and I think at first they don't know what they're watching. And I, so I have to sort of like find ways to be funny to them that yeah. will appeal and, and make sense from their perspective, mm-hmm. but also will show them how it is for me in a relatable yeah. kind of way.
0: Bring them in on the joke.
1: Basically. Yeah, yeah, Bring yeah, them yeah. And give them permission. Right. Yeah. Right. Because I think, uh, especially around gender stuff, mm-hmm. um, and queer issues, a lot of straight people are overwhelmed with the number of labels identities Mm -hmm. correct ways of being and not and Mm -hmm. that's where you get that pushback about political correctness yeah because they're like okay look i'm I got the gay thing. Fine. I got the lesbian thing. They can, what are all these other letters? Like, like I'm these, grumpy. You know? Yeah, exactly. They get really grumpy about it. And they're like, like you know, I, I put an effort to understand this, this thing that has nothing to do with me. Yeah. At what point do I get credit for that? You know? Yeah. And, um, and it's true that be, the, people in my position also experience a lot of discrimination and pain mm-hmm. and, not just from the outside world, but we feel a lot of conflict in our bodies and how we feel about ourselves. And Mm -hmm. so we're already leaving our, our house doors with this feeling of sort of like, I can't be accepted. And I don't know if I accept myself and, and there's like like, yeah, a level of defensiveness. And Mm -hmm. so some of us get caught off guards when somebody will say something, you know, there's a, there's a meme. Have you seen the Titanic meme where somebody says, um, says to the guy who's trying to hold the kid and get on a life-saving boat where he's he said oh i'm sorry women and women and children first please and he says did you just assume my gender you know it's like if this was 2017 and and i actually think that's that's kind of funny but who they're making fun of is um like i would probably say that to someone to tease them about the fact that i know that my gender identity is not Yeah. Not standard information for most people. Right, right. But I'll only tease the kind of person who's really trying and feels like they didn't quite make it or they're a bit awkward. And it's my way of letting them know it's okay. okay. I mean, like... People talk about minorities being snowflakes and delicate. Mm -hmm. I think straight people are fucking snowflakes. (laughs) I think white people are fucking (laughs) snowflakes. I think, I I mean, really, and cisgendered people are fucking snowflakes. We used to kind of know we had this knowledge at one point earlier in queer history that the people who are the most afraid of trans people and queer people, gay people, were the ones that had some some unfinished business, right? About themselves, mm. some little tiny insecurity, yeah. you know, that and it's
0: not necessarily that they are no. it's not the thing with like, you know, like, Oh, homophobes are secretly gay. And it's not necessarily that no. it's that they have, they haven't sorted out mm. their feelings. They're, they're unsure about their personal masculinity or whatever, whatever it yeah. is. There's
1: something, there's something that they took comfort in mm. as being easy. Mm-hmm. about who they are yeah that we're going is that so easy is that what
0: you are, are i you, don't know are you the neutral right the
1: right um, and we develop belonging around all these kinds of issues right mm. we develop a sense of like how we fit into the world that's yeah. just how,
0: we're tribal humans are so so yeah. tribal yeah um and which s- means that yeah. when you start developing those tribes as right. such um around identities that aren't just straight white male cis, then the people who are straight white male cis start doing the thing where they go, why isn't there a White History Month? Yeah. And you go, oh. We've been doing White History Month for the last couple thousand years. Yeah. 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 yeah, That's really, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I'm really, I'm like aware of that, like Mm. more than I think a lot of people, but I'm, I'm really challenging myself to try and reach out to, to that sort of white straight cisgendered majority Mm. because they're they're we're, ultimately we're all family we're all human family mm-hmm. and we we seem to be trapped in this ideology that uh differences have to separate us mm-hmm. all the time yeah. and rather than we can celebrate the differences and honor them and also be a collective whole like this mm-hmm. is just a matter of Uh, perspective a matter of magnification if you look at things at a really really close magnification Mm -hmm. then you see the separateness and the differences and if you zoom way 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 out it all looks like a totality pixels are that way on a computer screen right yeah you go if you zoom yeah we're pixels we're all part we all make this picture you know um so i try to focus on that and get people um get people in in on it in a way that's that's only mildly threatening yeah threatening to their form a belief system non-threatening to their personal experience. Uh, political correctness is the history of that phrase started somewhere in the 1950s I think you can Wikipedia this and maybe I'm wrong about the the dates and times Mm -hmm. but the meaning of that phrase has changed over Mm -hmm. time as well as the meanings of all words because language language (laughs) is this living thing Mm -hmm. and so if anyone is out there feeling like I don't want to have to use those words because that's not the English language you're bastardizing it Um, I'm sorry (laughs) but the word woke is a bastardization of the English language and and now we seem to think that that means you're enlightened in some way. So before you get on about you know certain groups of people ruining the English language understand that the yeah. whole purpose of language is communication yeah. of internal experiences. That's how we know what we intend, right? Mhm. Mm-hmm. That's mm. so so snaps, snaps. so 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 we just you just got to get over that. Mm-hmm. My parents speak a different language than me.
0: Yeah.
1: They have a different accent than me yeah. and they I mean they're really cute. My father still says things like that's the bee's knees and that's cat's meow. And cause you know, they're older and, you adorable. know, G many Christmas is his swearing. So, um, you know, it sounds charming. <laughs> yeah, In a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, everybody has a charming side at least. Yeah, they do. Um, so it's okay. Language, language changes. Mm. Um, and political correctness is an attempt to use language to not offend people by today's modern definition. Yeah. And that, that's something that doesn't say a whole lot about the intentionality behind being mm. politically correct.
0: Mm.
1: So when people say politically correct, I actually think of political correctness a lot of the time as being a negative thing. Mm-hmm. And the reason is is because it feels to me like it's pandering mm. to not offend rather than investing, investing to... to to have a connection and a and a true understanding of mm-hmm. of how to appeal, do you right. see the, Do you yeah, see the yeah. difference there? So, so so there's some people who will be politically correct, uh, without without any investment to a community, trying not to offend a community. But that's the limits of where they go. It's Like they're trying to stay out of trouble rather than to try to
0: make the world a better place.
1: Correct. Yeah. It's it's like saying, oh yeah, that that person and I are nice to each other. I haven't tripped them once today. And you're like, you
0: know, that's the bare minimum. It's like, that yeah, <laughs> like
1: okay, okay, civili- civility is a is a great yeah, thing, yeah. and that's what being civil is. Civil civility is. Having the desire uh, to to do things that are maybe not so nice, or having an instinct that goes against social norms in some mm-hmm. way, and mm-hmm. or not agreeing with someone, and mm-hmm. being a decent human being about it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think I think we can all do that at
0: minim, minimum minimum yeah. minimum. We can do better but than gets that. Cookies for that. That's the base level. Yes. Just thinking about the offensive things. So, uh, um, last year, have you met James Nokesay in your travels around um, fringes? I don't think so. He and I did a show last year that we called uh, A History of Being Offended, and we talked about offensiveness. I'm sure I would have loved oh, that. It was great. and It was basically, um, we, ended, we did it three times, and it was more us sort of having a chat and then just having a conversation with the audience, so mm. not really a performance as such. But One of the things that I sort of hit on... Was the, the idea that um, <laughs> offensiveness Sorry. is like uh, there's two there's two ways that offensiveness works. There's offensiveness where you're a person in power. And you are saying things that reinforce your, your Mm -hmm. status and you're hurting the people below you. Correct. And then there's the offensiveness of being that person. That's not the status quo and saying things that challenge that power. And one of those ways I would say is offensiveness, which is basically you're hurting people. Right. You're saying things that hurt people and you're, and that's what gets treated as, um, uh, political correctness, you know, like challenging that is political correctness. And then the other way where you offend someone in power, like, you know, people, um, having a crack at the Catholic Church about something, something because they're the dominant thing somewhere. Because they still manage to hurt little children in Australia hurting, yeah. every day. <laughs> fuck, fuck those guys. Um, you know, but that that direction—that's yep. offensive, but not. But it's but it's it's like positive offense. Like, right? It's offense that's designed to challenge your thinking, well, and to challenge of the thing. Fence. You're drawing yeah. a boundary. Where's the boundary? You push the boundary. Yeah. You know,
1: that's, yeah. that's what it is. We can't know boundaries unless they're crossed. Mm. So there is some need for it. Yeah, There's need for it to come from some direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's how we determine what we're going to decide as our society, moral society is, okay, mm-hmm. this is too far.
0: Yeah.
1: Or this is not too far. Yeah. What's too far? Yeah. And it's a constantly moving. That's why I sort of have this thing about the new, Oops, sorry, <laughs> sorry. the new stuff I'm working on mm-hmm. is that um, the war of political correctness is is sort of a joke in itself because the line is arbitrary. Yeah it's always moving it's like it's like aiming at a target until it becomes you yeah yeah Yeah. so um people who are politically correct I think they could just stand to be correct Mm. (laughs) let's avoid the political part of it just be correct just Just, be correct just just invest actually invest don't Mm. like you know just show up when things are shitty
0: show
1: show up and somebody asked me when I did my show the other night um I I I have this new comedy thing I'm working on in addition to Z Queer Fuck called I'm an Apache Attack Helicopter. Okay. And uh, it's a work in progress still. I'm in, in development and then it'll be back here in Wellington as part of New Zealand International Comedy Festival once it's done. Right. So this year? This year, year. This year. Right. This, year cool. this year. So that will be back here in May, mm-hmm. early May, May 3rd through 6th, I believe. I'll right. be at BATS. Awesome. So that talks about a lot of these issues mm-hmm. too. And while I'm in development, I'm asking the audience a lot of questions. Like, oh. have has anyone ever been... "Quote unquote," attacked by a trans person, verbally, yeah, uh, about whatever mm-hmm. misgendering or whatever. And somebody said, "Yes, I, you know, I was attacked." And this, they told me their story, um, and you know, we had a chat about the story, and I had a bit of a laugh about it, and I tried to think of how to diffuse the situation. And they said, "Well, how do you, how do you let them know that you care about them without seeming like you're appropriating?" Their issue, Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of progressive people out there Mm -hmm. that are happy to defend my gender-neutral pronouns Mm -hmm. as long as it's making them seem attractive to someone of the opposite sex, or they'll you know virtue
0: signalling—that's the word for it these days—is it? I I think I've seen. I don't know. It's it's, the thing where people are like, you know, I you know, it's all very
1: South Park, you know. I I donate.
0: (laughs) I. Yeah. I, I defend yeah. that and the
1: other. I, I call it. I call it um, that. I I don't enjoy being a badge on your liberal boy scout uniform. Right, right. You know, so like, yeah. it's not like I'm something you can put ten hours into and then um, and go, good. I did, yeah, it. I did it. I've got I've got my gender neutral friend. Yeah. I know someone like that. Yeah. I'm fine with people sharing my story, but mm-hmm. I'm I'm most pleased with people who have actually invested in me as a person. So that when I'm mm-hmm. having a bad day, it's not just that they're like, oh, I know someone who's gender neutral, but when I'm having gender dysphoria, they're available by phone for me to say I'm feeling shit about this remind me while you're using my story to why why you value me, <laughs> tell, me please. tell me why you like yeah, me yeah yeah you know <laughs> be my friend right no just right. be my the the indigenous issues yeah. at around no dapple uh, you know about the dakota access oh, pipeline yeah, yeah um one of the complaints about that is for those who just did the hashtag over and over again but didn't say say, like they're happy it's good thing it's a good thing to have visibility but it's like civility that's okay you've covered the minimum you you gave a shit about something that you ought to give a shit about now what exactly yeah so the answer to to that person's question uh is just spend time with them Mm,
0: mm.
1: like actually get to know them Mm. stop using them as your like your little your little issue that makes that makes you look yeah yeah it's like um you know, hipsters and whatnot. I, bless, bless <laughs> not your craft. Bless here, you. Okay. hipsters. Bless you. I'm so, I so appreciate that you have made, uh, uh, particularly butch lesbians impossible to separate between young girls who are in uni, but, um, you know, it may or may <laughs> not be also, right, lesbian, right. Who oh. knows? Who knows? You know, you, you <laughs> But um I'm I'm fine with the normalization of my weirdness. It's okay. Yeah. Um it's a it's you know, uh imitation is a form of
0: flattery. Yeah. But but mm-hmm. um put some time in. Yeah. You know? That's that's similar, I guess, to that American thing that that uh uh I see on my social medias because I'm in, you know, small town Wellington and so I don't actually have a huge amount of contact with the American uh society neither do i really (laughs) but uh that thing where i've seen discussions a lot about um african-american culture and like yeah. black hip-hop and black fashions yeah. being appropriated and when black people do it it's ghetto and weird and when white people do it oh my god they're so edgy <laughs> and they're so hip and new and oh my gosh did you see this like have you seen how white people have learned how to rap and have we're I, so much better at it have now Have i mentioned
1: on the show yet that i live in <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like is that is that yeah did we say that yet <laughs> like, yeah hip-hop yeah. is a really big deal there <laughs> like, yeah, yeah it's but, huge yeah. and and i um I mean, the thing is, is that we do live in, like, you can't take away globalism. Mm -hmm. globalism has happened we get ideas from other people and Mm -hmm. then we we where's the line between appropriate and incorporate and i I would say it's in the answer that i'm talking about like Mm -hmm. um you can be inspired by a style like the the hip-hop i really enjoy up in northland is um you know a local iwi will like there's some people there who Mm -hmm. do some amazing Mm hip-hop stuff and we've got a few local bands Mm -hmm. and i am all about supporting that but it is super strange to me as someone who grew up around um at least with it in the periphery, African American culture in the background Mm -hmm. to be, uh, have people who have no relationship to this community doing the things they do. Um, yeah, that part's really strange to me. I would say.
0: The world's an interesting place. Yeah. Yeah. Just,
1: and I don't think it's necessarily a problem. It's just, uh, honor and appreciate that, that this came from somewhere. Something's history, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, uh, a female Shaker, which is a, a religious form of Quakerism, invented oh. the circular saw. And I don't think every time you saw like a piece of wood, you have to say thank you to the Shakers. But you know, <laughs> <That's> um, <amazing. laughs> like yes, but but I but I do think it's helpful to know that because you'll yeah. appreciate more and you'll be able to go deeper with mm. what you're doing.
0: It's all the power dynamic, right? As yeah, well. It's The, same yeah. With the offensiveness. It's, yeah, it's going like is is power by 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 um you know in the in the. Pop culture version, you know, you've got like Miley Cyrus taking on like twerking and stuff and kind of making a joke of it. It was this big thing a while ago. I can't remember. Well, I don't mean, know if but... she's
1: making a joke of it or if oh. people are making a joke of her doing it. <laughs> Whatever the layers yeah. are, you know. Yeah. Like,
0: but there's that, and then you go, it's not just. It's because of the power dynamic. It's not just that right. something's being taken from one person to the other. It's because she's, you know, got, she's, got, she's got, she's got privilege. She's got privilege and a privilege. smaller, butt. <laughs> oh, she's tiny and aggressive um, <laughs> yeah. and, a, and a wrecking ball and a
1: sling hammer. Uh, she's oh, hilarious. All I can think of now when I hear wrecking ball is, is, um, what's his name the porn star who did it um Someone, a porn star oh did gosh wrecking ball? what is his name i'm sure if anybody's know. listening to this they're gonna be like that that guy uh there's a porn star from the 70s that redid the wrecking ball uh whole thing i can't remember his name and he was known for having this enormous penis was but- it ron jeremy yes ron okay, jeremy yeah. thank you uh, Ge- i don't
0: know why i know that Mum, dad yeah I know, <laughs> don't know why.
1: ron jeremy redid the wrecking ball and it Amazing. was now every time i hear that song all i can see is him like like you know, doing this hair flip in the back, you know, <laughs> in his little whitey tidies, you know, right. it's amazing. Maybe I'll
0: find the link to it and pop it in the um in the description yeah. if anyone wants to find it. No, you know what? You can find it yourself. The internet's a wide place. That's that's right. Better than you. <laughs>
1: that's got and and you all have equal amount of power on the internet. You do, which means that there's there's unlimited amounts of um, positivity and negativity. I think the internet alone. I mean, if I was an alien race somewhere in a different mm-hmm. universe, I would just be watching what humans do on the internet. You just
0: go, holy crap. Look at it all. Yeah. Which
1: is not the best analysis of who we are. It's such an extreme case. And I have lots of friends who've gone off Facebook entirely Mm -hmm. um, because they really want to get back to this sort of, this sort of strange antiquated thing of talking and meeting people in person, you know, and having relationships. We're still so defined by geography, even though we've got the internet and dependent on the amount of time you spend in front of a computer screen Mm -hmm. in relationship to that proportion of time you spend... You know, interacting with a person in real life, mm-hmm. which is part of why I love doing theater and comedy and stuff in, in the room with people. That is some of the most meaningful time in my life mm-hmm. is with you sitting in my audience yeah. because that is time where not only do I have the excuse to say whatever I want, and you may or may not leave, but most likely you're going to sit it out for an hour, yeah. but, but it's this exchange that would be horribly uncomfortable <laughs> if you didn't have theater and that we don't take the time to do mm. that much of anymore, I don't, I don't feel anyway. I, mm. I guess also I'm more coming from the perspective of as a gender minority, if I want to have time with people who are like me, I usually have to go to the internet to get it. Yeah. I don't live in a city. Mm-hmm. Even if I did live in Wellington, um, or Auckland or something, it would still be a fairly small group of people who mm-hmm. could just sit with me and be like, Oh yeah, I get you. We can talk about other things now. So if I want to have that interaction with people who already get it, then, then
0: I do, I do kind of have to plug in. You need to find the internet, which has been lovely for, for creating those communities for people who don't get to find those people very quickly, but it also, yeah. So I'm doing what I can to bring that into the real life world by doing these shows that give people permission to come together and go, yes, are you here? Because yes, me too. Let's, let's I haven't I haven't so done that yet, but maybe I should. Maybe yeah. I should say
1: just just you know, I do make a joke in Z occasionally, it depends on how the audiences go, but yeah. but every once in a while I'll look around and I'll say, Well, you know, if you hear you're probably gay anyway. Yeah, <laughs> <You know>? yeah. <laughs> and and people are like, No, and you're like, well, <laughs> like, well,
0: no, 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 you're not gay. Yeah, yeah, you got
1: kind of are a little bit. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's okay, it's okay.
0: Yeah, it's yeah.
1: great, it's hilarious. I love I love that we can still poke fun at that. Let's have let's be able to poke fun at everything. That's how we get stronger too as people, don't you think? I think so. I think it's It's a it's, benign violation, yeah, not it's a cruel the, it's violation. The poking
0: fun where you know it's coming from Yes. It's the intention yes. as well as the outcome. Yeah. When both of them match like what yeah. you what you're going for, great. I think when one when either one of those is out of whack, that's when you get problems, right? When right. the intent is not I was gonna say pure, but fuck pure. Um <laughs> when the intent is not hey let 's have fun together, yeah, and the outcome is not yeah' is not joyful yeah and it's not going to work and I've done things that totally failed for that exact
1: yeah. reason, yeah. that were uh, me making fun of how you know straight cisgendered people uh, treat me, which which I think is hilarious, actually, <laughs> yeah, but to the people who had had that experience and didn't realize that that would be a source of humor for me later they started to feel attacked, you know? know. <laughs> and so I had to, I had to really go home and, and think about that and work with, you know, what am I? I mean, it might be a minority speaking to a majority, but in that position of power, I'm the one with the mic mm. for that, for that hour or 45 minutes or whatever amount of time I have a slight amount of power. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to say that we shouldn't listen to people who are angry. We absolutely need to listen okay. to people who are angry because they have a reason that they're angry. But I also think, um, that I, I, I needed to learn how to, how to get rid of my own defensiveness, at least for that period of time and realize that none of the people who were there listening to me wanted, they were already on my side. Yeah.
0: They've bought the ticket. Yeah. They've, they've bought into the idea. Well, Not bought as in, yeah. but you know, like yeah, they've yeah. come and they've bought into it by, by me. By they've
1: given me their time, which is the most valuable resource yeah. any of us have.
0: Yeah. They've said, I am prepared to be here. Correct. And I, I guess it must be pretty rare for you to have an audience member who's turned up and is antagonistic. Has
1: it ever uh, happened? Yes, it has happened. Yeah. <laughs> it has happened. Is it- People do heckle me sometimes. Right. It's more likely that there was somebody who's on my side and then that person brings along someone who's, who's yeah. not. So I have this, um, person, this trope of audience couples in my mm-hmm. show. Right. Um, I call I call it, yeah, it's like the unwilling boyfriend. Mm-hmm. It's usually some girl who's got, like, some gay guy friends who's got a boyfriend who doesn't get the gay thing and why she's a fag hag. And so she'll say, oh, I'm going to bring my boyfriend to something yeah. different, something that will maybe open him up a bit. And my show, if my show is a first experience into the LGBTQI, et world that you have, I am so sorry. Like, that's...
0: <laughs> it's a challenge. That's... Yes.
1: Props to you if you make it through that. That's got to be rough, mm-hmm. you know. It's it's not one hundred and one. It's <laughs> um, but they'll use prior reading, yeah, uh, a little bit. I mean, I do mm-hmm. catch people up to speed on terminology and gender and sex and those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. But I got to do it fast because I have other things to say, mm-hmm. um, and I can't also presume what people know and don't know. But there's usually when that happens when someone's antagonistic. Uh, if they're nice, they will stay quiet about it you know, or mm-hmm. they'll just give me that stink eye, like the whole show. And so yeah. then, so then I'll like, it's yeah. almost feels like a challenge to me. I'll like direct like, more of the show at them. I'm going to make <laughs> By you laugh. The way, if you, if you, Yeah. Or, or, or I'll just make you more uncomfortable, yeah. like until you get to that breaking point, just to kind of see what will happen. Um, Great. so yeah, if you're, if you're, that's my way of handling you. If you're an audience member and, and you're, um, and you're making yourself really unavailable to to the performer. That's catnip. Just mm. heads up for anyone who wants to go to shows. Yeah.
0: yeah. So well, too, though, right? like if you if you're into audience direction, you you there's the person who is too eager. Yeah. And there's the person. who's oh, yeah. Hiding, yeah. And then in between is sort of like this. It's beautiful. Spot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But um. Yeah, if the, it only works for me to point it at them because they've got their girlfriend right next to them. Right. And there's almost a silent conversation, I feel like, happening between them where he's looking at her saying, do we really have to sit through all of this? And she's looking at him thinking, if you get up right now, I'm never going to fuck you again. And he's looking <laughs> at her thinking, how long was this show? And she's saying an hour and,
0: and he's just how long the fucking should been. exactly
1: exactly right and and, and yeah. so i feel like i wrote this like thing about it happens um mm. probably every five or six shows i'll get one of these couples that i just can identify them now yeah. because she makes them sit in the front and, you're and like yeah like, it's those ones and i say well you know i give him props like you've you've made it through the show you've done well you deserve you deserve what fucking you're gonna get <laughs> But only once, (laughs) you know.
0: This 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 show gives you one one One, sex credit. Yes, one sex credit. One sex credit. (laughs) Yes. Oh man.
1: So uh, yeah, Yeah. I I like playing with the audiences, and I love I I just love having people there who Mm -hmm. who know the right amount of interaction that they're Mm -hmm. supposed to have with me because there's a lot of things that are split up because my style is a mixture of uh, stand up at least my theater style stand up and um, reliving scenes, full on acting. Mm-hmm. And some people have suggested there's a little Ted talkiness in there, oh. <laughs> which I don't think is bad. No. Whatever happened to like, I think it's good to be educated on no. things.
0: Ted talks are great. I think it's that the thing that makes people go, Oh, Ted talks is just when there's just like so many of them and they're so earnest and they become sort of like a uniform wall of, of inspirational, like inspirational right. porn, you know, like yeah. sort of like, Hey, let me, let me tell you about the world. <laughs> yeah. Open your eyes with this 15 well, minute talk. Yeah.
1: I do. I do have that at the end, but it comes after a lot of, um, thought, sex stories and shows, fucking a lot. So, yeah. 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 yeah I, I have to end on an inspirational note because the fact of the matter is if you're someone like me, you have been through a lot of things that mm-hmm. are really hard mm-hmm. and that makes the humor and the, the overcoming emphasized. Right. Mm-hmm. So we can't. We can't have a show that doesn't acknowledge that. The trick is making that violation that has happened to you benign and making that funny and making, mm-hmm. making it okay. And sometimes you have to do that by going further. Mm-hmm. You just have to go further. Like right, there's a Buddhist saying um, that that the way through pain is is not avoidance or escape around it. It's going through the pain barrier itself. Mm-hmm. The whole reason I even wrote "Z Queers Fuck" is because I was in such a state of of unhappiness and looking at the story of my life and how like it just got to the point of being ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like an absurdist British film or something where it's raining and uh, I was worse than a, an American country song. It's raining. And um, and you barely got the car to start and then you're out in the middle of a field and then you take a wrong turn and then your car is stuck in the mud and then you're pushing it out of the mud and then you start the car up again and then the mud splatters all over you. And it's just some point you you're, you check out of your suffering yeah, <laughs> and then you're yeah. just like, okay, I'm whatever's, you know, too like, much, too much, too, too, you know, yeah. and I think that's where a lot of us are now. Yeah. We're like, okay, we've done the suffering thing. At some point, this is really funny. Mm-hmm. It's it's you have it's, to laugh or you cry. It's serious, but it's not ultimately serious. Yeah, it is. It's it is a little bit of a joke. Even my identity, people would try to be like sensitive about my identity, and yeah. I I appreciate that you respect me. That's good. Yeah. Well done. But it's you presume that I don't know that that it, in itself it's funny.
0: Yeah.
1: But I also think men and women are really fucking funny. Like Correct. if you watch any mainstream comedian. Yeah. I will watch mainstream comedians talk about men and women. The other night I was watching an old 1980s Eddie Murphy stand up and him talking about women or the things women need and the things women want and how you need a J O B and all this stuff. And these very like a job. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Good. You can spell. Thank (laughs) Thank you. you. I was just like, Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, and, and all these like tropes about men and women. And I think, Straight men and women and the, the things, especially older things, but even things now about if you pick up any magazine, that's like my source of humor now. Like, mm. how is it that we live in this world where you can't have a conversation about what you want sexually? You have to play this whole game. And there's a there's a really great reason, actually. And the great mm. reason is that people love it. They people love, love it. this. This courting, guessing, mysterious... I mean, they must, right? Otherwise, we wouldn't do it. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. people wouldn't do it. They'd just be like, hey, what are you into? Which is how most queer people would handle that scenario. I don't know if they like me. uh, You know, this whole, like, figuring out, navigating sexuality thing. I'd just be direct, you You know? Hi. Hi. I guess what, <laughs> guess what? And people ask me my sexual orientation, all the, you know, pretty often because mm-hmm. gender confuses and conflates that. Yeah, And I just tell them if I find you fuckable, I'll let you know. <laughs> you know, <laughs>
0: don't worry. If, if it's, not, it won't concern you. Yes, yes, yeah.
1: it's 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 very simple. And you know, other people say, oh, I, I it's weird because I'm straight. You know, a, a guy will say I'm straight, but um, but you say you're not a woman, and yet I'm I'm attracted to you, but I'm straight. And you're it's like, like conf- are like,
0: you, or are you not, or are you, does
1: it matter? Actually, I don't do any of those things. I oh. just, I just say, um, yeah, good for you. I hope that works out really well yeah. for you. you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. Cause it's not relevant. Or to I'll you just say, cannot. I'll just say
1: like, thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I welcome you to have whatever thoughts you want about me in your own spare
0: time. Yeah. Like, You don't have to let me know what they all are.
1: <laughs> I don't, I, yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> they don't. And they don't let
1: me know, but I, I don't care. Like yeah. it's, I'm not a thought crime person. <laughs> like. Right. You can think whatever right. you you can make whatever you want in your spare time, do whatever you want with images of me in your spare time. Like yeah. that's fine. Oh, um yeah. and uh you know, if you want to have a conversation about it and like undo the shame around it, that's what I'm more about. Yeah. I want to undo our whole thing about having to be normal or having to fit in or or having to be anything yeah. apart from our most authentic most, which is radical. It's mm-hmm. a radical thing. Still mm-hmm. most authentic, uh, honest and vulnerable selves. That's, that's the world I want to live in. So that's the world I'm trying to create with your theater, with theater, with comedy. Yeah. Um, we have to find ways to disarm, yeah. right? because otherwise we're all in arms and we're all triggered and all this stuff, you know, too and we just it's too much, it's too much tension. Yeah. And the only, the only really great way for tension to go is an orgasm. And then you're done. So, um, <laughs> I think
0: the answer is orgasms and laughter.
1: Yes. Right. That's, that's my solution to the world. I'm a bonobo. You know, you know, they say <laughs> yes. the people go to like humans are most related to chimpanzees and bonobos mm-hmm. and the world seems to be getting more and more predominantly chimpanzee oh, yeah? in terms cause chimpanzees handle problems through like fighting and oh, warfare and that kind of a thing, of right?
0: Bonobos that handle it. They, they just, sex. they just
1: have, they just have an orgy and then Aww. everything's all good. Yeah. So I think we need to go more Bonobo.
0: All right, everybody. That's the manifesto. Yep. Go more Bonobo. Correct. Right, correct. Yep. That's, that's what you should do. Great. I think, uh, anything I else? That's a nice, I reckon that's a nice finish point there. Yep. Is let's all go Bonobo. Yep. Uh, thank you so much. Um, I'll put up links to your show, which is on until Friday. Correct. At Ivy. Yep. Yes. And I want to put in a
1: small little plug, two yeah. small little plugs. Yeah. One is if you want to go to, see me flail and fail and attempt to do some stand-up comedy um yes. come to my developing in the works sort of thing it's just koha uh-huh. so you know um you should keep your standards low Great. um i'm an apache attack helicopter also playing at ivy at 10 30 uh tomorrow wednesday and yeah. friday only Right. Yes. Wednesday, Friday, only. Wednesday and Friday, only at great. 1030 and uh, at night. And you can interact with me. You can give me feedback. You can find out what it looks like for me to, to be developing new work in front of people. Right. And if you want to go see some other queer gender, whatever stuff mm-hmm. uh, that's completely different from mine, but discusses similar issues. Yeah. There's a lot of really great queer theater. Uh, Lisa sky has got a show coming Ooh, yep. to, um, to this fringe called spiders wearing party hats. Mm-hmm. And that deals with, there's so much more bonobo in that one. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so much bonobo um and then also jess mccurley's doing three days at griffin theater of gender spanner which is a cabaret style that also deals with gender queerness and gender fluidity which is my my box
0: (laughs) great great that's awesome i'll find all the links put them up you can find all the details for those shows i think at fringe.co.nz yep listeners so you should do that and also you should go and check out z queer queer as as fuck. fuck yeah go
1: see my shows and and if you have questions Interact with me, I'm highly, highly approachable,
0: but yes. I might tease you. <laughs> <laughs> that was Ren Lunica, that was their interview, and it was super great. You can catch Ren uh, in their show Z as Fuck, which is on tonight, 15th February. Thursday, 16th of February, Friday, 17th of February, 7pm at IV. Book your tickets through fringe.co.nz. They're also doing uh, I'm an Apache war helicopter, but I don't know the exact dates and times. Pretty sure they said it during the interview. So that is good. Um, we're six episodes in. We've got 14 to go. 14? 15 to go. <laughs> Why have I done this to myself? Uh, if you have any suggestions for guests, please let me know. I've got most of them lined up, but um, always got room for more, and hopefully we'll keep going with this afterwards. Check us your feedback anytime you like. Visit whatsyourjam.nz for anything to check things, to share things. Hey, if you are enjoying listening to this, please tell somebody else. Um, I'm really close to 100 subscribers, which is really kind of freaking amazing and I'd love to tick over that so spread the word, like the Facebook page follow the Twitter account um, just just subscribe, that'd be really great and um, I hope you continue to have a lovely week and I'll see you tomorrow for yet another episode of What's Your Jam, ciao What's Your Jam is recorded in Wellington and is part of the New Zealand Fringe Festival 2017 Music by Robbie Ellis. Casual interference and support from Molly the Cat. Tea provided by Tea Leaf Tea on Manor Street. Jam expertly crafted by Bachmans. This show is hosted and produced by me, Jennifer O'Sullivan, and you can find useful links, more episodes, and suggest future guests by visiting whatsyourjam.nz. Thanks for listening.